antidote to overwhelm is not trying to do all the things. The antidote to overwhelm is focus. It's knowing where to hone the flames of your attention. And so what we want to do before we begin to create a lot of smaller goals or milestones is to begin to pick the one thing that if we tended to, that if done well, would make everything else either easier or unnecessary all together. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Bain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there. It is your gal, Carly, and I don't know if you can hear it. You might be able to. The wind outside of my house is howling today. We are in the midst of proper winter storms over here. And between that and the fact that Omicron is large and in charge in my neck of the woods, I am not out in the studio. Rather, I am back home recording in the closet in my home office with a blanket on my lap. And maybe it's, you know, being in the closet, looking at all the stuff that I want to organize in here one day. Or it's the fact that I just ate some really delicious dark chocolate and I'm a little feeling the sugar high right now. Between those two things, I'm kind of giggling over here because I'm aware of how important function is, but how important it is that we are malleable in our form. Here's what I mean when I say that. So we have the Messy Magnificent podcast to support people who identify as women so they can have the lives and the careers that give energy to their best health and their best relationships at the same time. Now, the form we deliver that in is malleable, right? Meaning while the function is to make sure that we continue to show up for you, if I have to record this in my closet with a blanket on and an extra pair of wool socks, well, that's a-okay with me. But once upon a time, I was so attached to form of having things look a very specific way. And that in and of itself was exhausting when really it was the function that mattered most. So tell me, are you having to still be extra malleable right now? Are you having to play with the form of the way things are showing up? I'm curious, would it be helpful if I did an episode with the research and examples from my clients and other leaders that have been able to deliver on their function, but they've had to create some new forms in the last couple of years and specifically how they're doing that? If so, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. Tell me about that if you think that would be helpful. Or you can always send a voice memo over to Anitza, A-N-I-T-Z-A, at everybodythrive.com. There's a link to that in the show notes here. And I would love to hear what's true and happening in your world and if you're still having to be malleable. And I'd love to give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. Maybe you can join me in the studio <laughs> or here in my home closet. So I'm going to go with an assumption today that may not be correct. Here is my assumption. If you are tuning in to today's episode, which is going to be about planning and goal setting in a really holistic way, 
I'm assuming that you've listened to the three prior episodes that led to this one. And if I'm wrong, that is a-okay. You might want to go back and listen to those episodes. And here's why. But don't worry, you can absolutely jump in with us today. I was just talking to a client before coming here into the (laughs) closet. And we were talking about how as we create a new strategy for them, it's often like painting a room. I don't know if you've ever painted a room before. But you have to, you know, get the tarps down. You might have to take down old wallpaper or spackle holes in the wall. If you're like me, then you probably need to put some tape up on the edges so that you don't accidentally paint the things you didn't mean to. And then the actual painting is the quickest part of the process. So it's the part that's the most satisfying because it's the part where we get to see the results. But doing those foundational steps is what makes the painting go so well, last so long, and look so much better. And that's what we've been doing this month. So if we've been talking about creating new goals or new plans or living into things that you really want to see yourself get to do or experience next. Back on episode 113, we covered mending your basket, meaning plugging up any of the leaks, the things that inadvertently drain your time and energy so that you can live into your goals. And then on 114, we talked about discerning your own unique definition of success so that we make sure that the goals we're going to set today are in alignment with what you really care about. And then finally, on the episode just prior to this one, 115, We talked about how to finally feel the E word, enough, how to know that you are enough, how to know that you're doing enough. And if that's been elusive, you might want to go back and check in on that one because it was all about getting you the resources you need to have and feel the fact that you really truly are already enough. So don't worry about that if you haven't listened in yet, but if you find that setting goals is really sticky and tricky or that you're not sure what goals to set, or if you start goals and then have a hard time following through, just know that those episodes are there and ready for you to really bolster, to help clean up that foundation. There's a link to them in the show notes, or you can tune into that wherever you're listening to this podcast. Because today, we are going to start to cultivate plans for you that are practical and purposeful and big and meaningful, and that you can actually enjoy sticking with and following through on. If any of that speaks to you, you are in the right place. And if you're finding that it's really easy to feel overwhelmed in this current moment, then lean on in here, sister, because here's what we're going to cover today. Number one, we're going to talk about the antidote to overwhelm when making plans. And then number two, we're going to go through a modern goal setting strategy that I've upgraded based on what used to work in the 80s to really meet us here in the current moment, in our current economy, so that the success you are going to have in making your goals doesn't require you to sacrifice or neglect another area of your life. So that the goals that you might have in any one area serve the goals you have in every area. So if any of that speaks to you, you are in the right place. So before we dive in, this is the part of the show where I get to pause and give a shout out. And I would love for the next shout out to be you. So do go leave a review. But in the meantime, I want you to know about this woman, Sophie Wheel. So Sophie Wheel is a powerful business owner 
And she's also the host of the Active Ingredient podcast. And recently, Sophie invited me on to come be a guest. And she asked me the most left field, unusual, phenomenal, curious, and impassioned questions. I mean, it was not the normal script that I get when I get to be a guest on other people's shows. And I got to think about things and share things that I have never shared publicly before, some of them deeply personal, all of them really important. And I just want you to know about Sophie and that podcast. I will put a link to the active ingredient in case you want to tune in and listen to somebody like Sophie, who just leads with such a zest for learning and the courage to ask the questions that really matter, both of herself and of her guests. I had the greatest time and can't wait to do more with her. So I'll put her info here in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. 15 years of coaching thousands of women has taught me that it doesn't matter how good our plans, our intentions are, our network, or even our access to external resources. If we don't have the boundaries we need to honor what we care about, we will always struggle with a lack of time or energy or money or downright satisfaction. You see, women who have thriving, healthy careers and relationships know that boundaries aren't just something nice you get to later. There's something you practice gently now so that you have the later that you want. So you can get free access to the recording of the Boundaries Brunch we did right before the Boundary Academy opened. There's a link to it in the show notes wherever you're listening or head on over to carlyfane.com. And in this 45-minute class, you're going to learn the three mindsets that women with healthy boundaries already know and live into. Plus, lots of rich, candid conversation with thought leaders in the field of boundaries and women who are just getting started. There's nothing for sale in there. Just rich content you're not going to get anywhere else. Because that hunch you're meant to be doing something meaningful and enjoyable with your life and career, it's right. I hope you'll join me and women from around the world that are making having boundaries oh so doable. Let's get started talking about making plans for you specifically. So plans that work uniquely for where you are and where you want to be next. And I want to point out something really important right out of the gate when we talk about any type of goal setting. And this was something that was never explained to me in business school or really with any of the coaches or experts that I worked with for years, which is the awareness that when we set a specific goal, as we're about to do here together, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. So let's take an example. Maybe your goal is to get five new clients this year or this month or this week. Great, right? Or maybe your goal is to get a raise in your current job or to find a new job. Excellent. Got it. Good. But you also have other things going on too. You are a whole being. So before we get granular with specific goals, I want to take you through a process that I use to set the most important goal of the year, a goal that is going to support all of the areas of your life. Because sure, while you might be working on bringing in new clients or applying for a new job, or maybe you're starting a family, you're going to have other things happening as well, right? You've still got to make sure somebody's going grocery shopping, right? You've still got to 
interact with your family or your neighbors or your coworkers. There's other world events happening at the same time we have goals. And so what we want to look at here for a moment is what authors Gary Keller and Jay Papazan call the one thing. This is from their book with the same title, The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth About Extraordinary Results. And what they talk about here is a methodology that I have found incredibly helpful. Because the antidote to overwhelm in general, but today we're going to be talking about specific to setting goals. The antidote to overwhelm is not trying to do all the things. The antidote to overwhelm is focus. It's knowing where to hone the flames of your attention. And so what we want to do before we begin to create a lot of smaller goals or milestones is to begin to pick the one thing. The one main goal or focal point that if we tended to for a regular basis, perhaps over a period of a year, but you could also say for a season or a quarter or a month or a week, the one thing that if done well would make everything else either easier or unnecessary all together. So we're going for something that is actually going to elevate and support all of the other parts of your life. And I'll give you kind of a playful answer to this. I remember asking a client this years ago, he was a professor at a college, and I said, okay, what's the one thing? What's the one goal that if we focused on it would make everything easier? And she said, Carly, I have just spent another 40 minutes looking for the stapler in my house. I know I already own multiple staplers because I can never find mine because it is such a disorganized mess here. And yes, I want to look at transitioning into retirement. Yes, I want to eat a little better. Yes, I want to exercise. But if I organize my house, it would save me so much time and make doing all of those things so much easier. And so her one thing, while not specific to any one area, was actually going to make everything else a lot easier So it kind of flipped on its head what she thought her goals were going to be around, which was about retiring into a new career. So leaving, having been a professor for years at a university to begin to do something new. It all started with the stapler, right? So that's kind of a playful example. I would like for you to consider for a moment, what is the one thing that if you focused on it for a period of time would make everything else a little easier? And we're going to take that one thing, your first good idea, and we're going to take it through a strategy process to make sure that that plan or goal or notion or desire holds water, that it would actually deeply serve you and be pragmatically possible. Now we're doing this on a macro level. We're looking at your one big thing together today, but this process will apply to each subtask or each smaller goal as well. So know that we're looking at this from a macro big lens today so that I know you have a sturdy, solid foundation and a focal point that will make all the difference for you in this next season. But you can rinse and repeat this process like a good shampoo with all of your goals. So years ago, and I don't know if you've learned this process too, I would love to hear about it if you did. In 1981, there was an article written by George Doran and Arthur Miller and James Cunningham. It was called, There's a Smart Way to Write Management Goals and Objectives. And from that article came what's come to be known as the SMART goal process. 
And maybe you've done SMART goal mapping before, where you take a goal or a desire and you put it through the SMART system. And SMART is an acronym. So SMART, S-M-A-R-T, each letter stands for something. And traditionally, SMART goals stood for specific, measurable, actionable, real, and time, meaning that's timeline. I, and perhaps you too, have used this system and gotten great results. Having a strategy to map out our goals is the game changer. So we want to take these beautiful ideas or desires that you have, and we want to put them through the litmus test of this process to see if they make sense. But one thing I've noticed as my career has evolved, and certainly as our economy has evolved, and how the goals and desires of a lot of humans, including perhaps you, listening to this show have changed, is that the traditional SMART model, while a great structure, didn't include a holistic view of who we are and what a modern version of success includes. Because when I would use the SMART goal process once upon a time to come up with a specific goal, like for example, maybe I wanted to bring in an extra $10,000 of revenue for my company that month, that was great. All of that was true. And I could go through these five areas and look to make a realistic goal But what it didn't take into account was the fact that I might have to sacrifice my relationships or my health in order to live into that goal. And thus, it wasn't sustainable. So what we want to create is a slightly more updated version of a SMART goal. And so I've done a little playing around with what works really well for myself and my clients. And I want to share that here with you. So we're building upon what the folks before us have already created. So I'm going to take you through the SMART goals that we use. So this is just an N, an S on the end, but the letters stand for something a little bit different. Some are absolutely the same. They have withstood the test of time here for more than 40 years and they're applicable. And others have modernized as we have modernized. So let me give you an example of what setting this type of SMARTS goal can look like here. With the ultimate intention that you would take your one focal point and put it through this process. So as you get clear on, okay, one potential thing that could make everything else either easier or unnecessary for me altogether could be fill in the blank. Well, then you want to take it through this process. And I'm going to show you how a client of mine has done that. The purpose of using this type of SMARTS assessment or strategy or structure for creating goals It's kind of like a litmus test. What we're doing here is making sure that this goal or plan that you're creating holds water. And so each of these specific six categories that we're going to go through, it's an opportunity to shore up the goal and notice if there's anything about it that needs to be modified to make sure that it works. Or sometimes we find as we go through this process that the goal doesn't hold water. And that's kind of great too, because we want to know that before we commit to it. This is the step that makes follow-through and reaching the line you aspire to entirely possible. So here's the example from one of my clients. She is in her 60s now and has had a long career of doing really powerful public speaking in the territory of inspiration, right, and helping folks overcome obstacles. And she's at a phase now where after navigating a couple years of having to change the way she works because of a pandemic, not being able to teach in person, she's feeling like she's ready to feel re-energized again and have more chutzpah, as my grandma would have called it. And so she had a specific goal. The goal was, I want to do work that really enlivens me, 
that refreshes me, that inspires me again. So we're going to go through this SMART process, SMARTS, I should say. There's an S on the end of this process together. And so if you've got a big goal like hers, where the big goal is, okay, I want to have more energy for my career. I want to feel renewed or reinvigorated. The first S in SMART stands for specific, right? We want to get specific. So that is a large kind of general goal that she's got right there. So what she needed to do next and what she did was to get more specific with that. So, okay, great. If she's looking to feel more energized or more renewed with her work, she began to look at the things that weren't energizing her. And she realized that just by habit through having done this work for so many decades, she's cultivated some long-term contracts with some organizations to be their speaker that don't really make sense for her anymore. She's done them so long that sure, they might really be enjoying them, but the truth is she's not enjoying it at the same way, or it just doesn't make sense for her right now. And so she got specific. She said, if I'm looking to feel re-energized here or reinvigorated or like things are easier, then specifically, it's time for me to end some long-standing work relationships that just don't make sense here in this moment. And so she actually identified, identified a handful of those working relationships that she was going to gradually change. So she got specific. She took the big picture and she got specific with it. So I encourage you to do the same. If you've got a, a broad goal, great. Can you be specific? And one way we'll know that you're being specific is to go with our next step, M, which stands for measurable. Meaning, can I measure whether or not this thing is happening? <laughs> this one is really important. Because if we can't measure our progress, it's really hard to know whether or not it's happening. And it could be, and we wouldn't be feeling good about ourselves if we couldn't recognize it. Or it could not be happening. And then we could be wondering, oh, why can't I follow through? Or why don't things work out? Or why isn't this coming to fruition? So we wanted to get measurable. And to take her as an example, one way she could get measurable is to say, okay, I have identified five working relationships that it's time to respectfully let go of here. And so I'm going to, over the course of the next period of time, let go of these five working relationships. So it's very measurable. Either she has altered a working relationship with one of these partners or not. We can tell whether or not it's happening. So another example could be, hey, you know, if you were looking to increase your revenue here or increase your salary, Well, we want to be specific about the amount of salary and make sure that it's measurable so that you can go in and you can check, is it changing? Or maybe you want to have more vacation days this year. And so we want to be able to measure that. How many days are you going for, right? Are you trying to have an extra day, an extra day a month, an extra week or two weeks a year? What is the system of measuring whether or not we're making progress on this goal? Then we get to the A in SMARTS, and this one I have absolutely adapted. This used to stand for actionable, and we are going to talk about taking action, but we've now adapted it to be aligned. Aligned, as in, is this goal in alignment with the bigger vision or the bigger values that I hold for myself in this moment? So with my client, She really values having more energy and feeling renewed and getting to look at her career in a different way. And so her goal to alter some of the work relationships that no longer work is entirely aligned with where she wants to go. 
Now, if she had a different goal, say maybe her goal was to book 20 more speaking events because that sounds like a really good idea. When she got to align, she might go, you know what? I'm not really aligned with that. That feels like a lot of work. I can see the benefit of it. It makes good business sense on paper, but I would be exhausted (laughs) trying to do that. This isn't aligned with my desire to have more energy. If you were a different person and you found it really energizing to book speaking events, then you might absolutely say, this is great. This is totally aligned with my vision, right? So I want you to consider this goal that you're holding isn't aligned with what it is you value or you stand for or you want to experience next. Now we're moving on to the R in SMARTS. And this one has withstood the test of time. Here we're talking about it being real or realistic. Specifically, I want to give you three prompt questions that I wish somebody asked me a long time ago to help me to discern whether or not something is realistic. Because when we're looking at realistic, when we're setting a smart goal here, we are looking for something that's a stretch. That's what a goal is, right? It's new. It's something we're reaching towards or we're walking the pathway in the direction of. And so we want it to feel perhaps a little outside of our comfort zone, to feel like we are going to have to expand and gather our wits a little bit to get there. But we want to believe that it's possible. If it's so outside of what feels realistic, then it may not actually be realistic or equally as important. You just might not buy into it and thus not fully follow through on it because it doesn't feel attainable. So here's the three questions we ask to determine whether or not something is realistic. Number one, do I believe this is possible? So with my client's example, is it possible for me to alter five of my working contracts? Absolutely, right? It's going to be a stretch. It's going to require her to have some conversations that could disappoint some people. It's going to require her to be patient and really thoughtful in the way she does this so that it's professional and nobody's left high and dry. Everybody has lots of notice and the ability to make new arrangements but it is doable. The second question is, who will I need to be to accomplish this goal? Meaning, will I be proud of the person that I need to be while I live into this goal? Does this feel real and true to who I am? So let's look at it again with the client example. What if she had gone with the alternate goal of, I want to book 20 more speaking events for this upcoming year? then she would have had to have been a person who is willing to have that many more phone calls and emails and correspondence back and forth, signing contracts, doing all that good stuff, right? And if in this moment, if she's looking to recover energy, having to put all that extra output out there wouldn't have been her being the person she wanted to be. She's also got two grown kids that she wants to be able to interact with and see on a regular basis. And she might not have had as much time for them. So she wouldn't have been the person that she wanted to be ideally in that moment. So making sure that this goal is who we want to be is really important. And the third question we ask ourselves, talking about keeping it real is, does this make sense in this moment? So given what's before me, does this goal even make sense, right? Because some things might make sense at certain moments and not at others. So let's take in a totally different example. Maybe one of my goals is I want to do tons of travel for this year, which for the record is absolutely one of my goals for this year. Does that make sense in a time of COVID? Does me hopping on planes and zipping around the world make a lot of sense right now? 
nope, (laughs) doesn't make a lot of sense right now for all sorts of obvious reasons. And so as I've been passionate about travel, I've been having to think more creatively about that. Well, what could that look like, right? Maybe I'm not zipping around everywhere. Maybe I could Airbnb for a month in one region and do my all of my events from the same safe spot, right? What would that look like? So the three questions to confirm whether or not something is realistic is, do I believe that this is possible? Does it feel like a stretch, but still doable? Who will I need to be to accomplish this goal? Do I want to be that person? And third, does this make sense in this moment? All right, now we're going to move on to the T in SMART, which stands for trackable timeline. So this is where I've taken what used to be time and just built onto it so that things are still actionable. So this is where we want to make sure that you are able right now to lay out the timeline by which you're going to be living into this goal in such a way that it is trackable. So let's take my initial client's decision to scale back. If she had five organizations she was going to scale back from, She has decided that she's going to do this over the course of a year for two main reasons, both of them about respect. The first is some of these are easy contracts to end. She's only got one speaking event left, so she just won't renew and that's easy peasy. Others she's been doing for so long that there's just this kind of implied sense that it's going to go on indefinitely. And so she will need to have some conversations there. And because she wants to do this in a respectful and and kind way, she's going to space these out. So she's not terminating all of these work agreements at one time. That would be a lot to manage with each of these folks and make sure that they're getting the attention that they need, but also out of respect for herself because she, like you and I, is a whole being and has other things going on in her life other than just this one goal. And so she's decided to spread these out over the course of a year. So she can actually mark in her calendar that she will have talked to client A, by February, and she will have talked to client B by March, and she will have talked to client C somewhere in April or whatever the format looks like. So that by the end of the year, she has had all five of these conversations. And so the same for you. What is the timeline here? What timeline makes sense? Again, a little reach is a-okay, but we do want to remember the realistic that we were just looking at before this. Is the timeline trackable? and realistic. Remembering that we are the ones setting the goals. And I cannot tell you how often I have set an arbitrary timeline because it just sounds good on paper. For example, we're doing a a strategy revamp, a little bit of a rebrand here for my company. And in my mind, it would be great if that was all done by February. The truth is that gives us only a month to get it done. And I'm the one making the timeline. I'm the one setting the goal. And so we want to remember that if you are the one setting the goal, give yourself the respect of a timeline that doesn't deplete you or doesn't exhaust you or doesn't make you have to neglect the other areas. Give yourself perhaps a generous, spacious timeline. What might that even look like, even if it was only 3% more spacious? What could that timeline look like? Finally, the last S. The S that brings it all home, the last S in our SMARTS model here stands for sustainable. Is this goal sustainable? If I begin to live into it, what will I need to make it sustainable? 
So for example, with my client, this requires some courage on her part. And so she's been telling people privately, like myself, that she's doing it so that she's got some accountability and she's got people to talk to for ideas. So she's making this more sustainable because she's got support behind her. That was a very intentional decision. Find a few private confidants that she could talk to and have support in order for this to be sustainable. And so I asked the same question of you. If the goal is important to you, if it's met all the other criteria, what's required in order to make it sustainable? Is it sustainable? Is this something that you can continue to do? If not, we modify or we go back to the drawing board and we consider a different one thing. So a quick recap, our SMARTs stood for specific, measurable, aligned, realistic, trackable timeline, and sustainable. So I want to know, as you look at a potential one goal for the year and you put it through this process, what in the world comes up? (laughs) I want to hear that for real. Take that over to iTunes, leave a review, or send a voice memo right from your phone via email to Anitza at everybodythrive.com. And I want to hear and hold with you this new desire, this new goal, or help you work through any sticky, tricky points that are coming up. I find that hearing each other's examples gives us all great inspiration and ideas. So I encourage you to share your voice with us. And remember, you thrive through nourishment not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including creating goals that meet you here in this moment and allow you to be the person you want to be. And I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.